Thank you and welcome to this podcast. This is Coding Talks with myself, Vishnu Viji. This podcast will be available on all leading podcasting platforms. And in each episode, I will try to present some of the programming topics so that others can understand about it. So whether you are an experienced programmer or you are new to programming, these uh, topics can help you in making you a better programmer. So that is what the aim of this podcast is all about. The opinions and expressions that I expressed through this podcast are purely personal and do not represent any of the employer's view in any way. Today in this episode, we will be going to discuss about the Azure function, which is one of the cloud offering from Microsoft. Those of you who have already worked with the cloud may know that there are different cloud vendors there. So Microsoft Azure is one cloud vendor. Then there is Google Cloud. Then there is the popular Amazon Cloud Services. Then and many more. IBM, Oracle and many more are out there. So depending upon the preference, you can choose a particular cloud vendor. But in this today's episode, we will be focusing mainly on Microsoft Azure and its function called the Azure function. Those of you who are new to the cloud and those of you who haven't worked with cloud. So this is a way by which the programmers can use a service from the from these vendors like the Azure or Amazon where they can use their services and uh, have to pay for what they uh, plan to use without bothering about the infrastructure and other requirements. So if you imagine in the old days when we develop an application we need to bother about the server and other infrastructures. We need to bother about how the application will work when there is a peak of uh, customers or there is a uh, when there the when the load increases uh, you want to decide how your application will behave in advance so that will that all add a bit of complexity when you were developing your application in the olden days today when more and more patterns are evolved the cloud architecture become much popular so that you can rent some cloud service from one of these vendors like microsoft or google or amazon and you can develop your application. So the advantage is that you can fo- focus more on the logic of your application than bothering about the infrastructure and maintenance steps. So that is what the uh, one of the advantage which cloud provides, cloud services provide, and uh, the cost will be drastically reduced. And when you don't want to use the cloud services you can just switch off that cloud services or you don't have to pay money for that non-required time so these are some of the advantages why the companies are most going to the cloud platforms so i hope you will get a some idea about the cloud services uh, it's just like renting a service from the one of the vendors and you are paying for what you use. So there are different pricing models out there and all of that uh, we will discuss in the uh, episode. So about the Azure function, uh, it is a type of category of services called the function as a service. 
so you can create a new account in azure and you can view all the different services they provide so they have a lot of services out there if you log into azure you can uh, view a lot of i think around 50 plus services 50 or 100 plus services are there in azure so they have categorized these services into different types like the platform as a service then the infrastructure as a service and function as a service a infrastructure as a service means that under that infrastructure as a service category there will be a list of services where you can buy you can buy any of the service there is no mandatory that you have to buy all the infrastructure as a services at once you can choose the service you want and you can you have to pay money for what you are being used so underneath the infrastructure as a service uh, you have different services there are some advantages of using infrastructure as a services especially when you are moving your legacy applications to the cloud you need the infrastructure as a service because you can't your application may not be compatible with the other models like a platform as a service or function as a service similarly um, the uh, platform as a service has a set of services underneath it and uh, like the database as a service and other things and you can use that uh, depending upon your application requirement this function as a service is another such category which is uh, first offered by a cloud startup firm called the circa in 2010 so they released this uh, offering this function as a service offering in the name pa cloud you can view the short notes of this podcast and you can learn more about uh, how they uh, you can learn about the initial news about how they offered this service so that started the uh, function as a service and then the next uh, public cloud vendor who adopted this strategy is the amazon so they have started a service called the aws lambda and that is one of the first function as a service offering by a large public cloud vendor then the google started their own function as a service called the google cloud functions and that is followed by the microsoft azure ibm and the oracle cloud in the 2017 so that means different cloud vendors have provided their own version of the function as a service but the concept remains same so typically there will be some differences in each of these cloud providers but uh, the underlying concepts are same for all there will be difference in terms they use for example amazon called the function as a service called the aws lambda where azure called the um function as a service called the azure function so these are um so we just looked upon the cloud then the different categories of services like the ias pass and the function as a service of course there will be other categories of services as well but here we focus mainly on function as a service why we are using this function as a service so as a developer you may be thinking why we are using this function as a service one of the advantage is you can focus more on developing your application run and manage the application without bothering about the complexity of the infrastructure as i explained earlier in the traditional old model and in the old days when we develop an application we have to bother about the server and other things how to scale the server when there is a increase in the load 
you don't have to bother about that in the cloud because everything will be managed by the cloud provided if you choose the right model in cloud and another one of the compelling reasons for choosing this function as a service pattern is you can easily achieve the serverless or microservices architecture with this microservice architecture is a way by which you split the application into smaller smaller components each having their own functionality and you can manage that type of microservices application in a much better way than a monolithic application in a monolithic application you have to choose on particular language for developing an application and the code will be a single code base with a huge complexity whereas in the microservices architecture you split that particular big monolithic application into smaller components each component served as a smaller application by itself having its own data uh, source and each services will be contact each other by its own well defined apis so that means as a developer each team can focus on a particular service without bothering about the entire service and um, if you want to scale up on particular area for example if you want to scale up the user registration area or the email sending area or some processing part area of your application you can easily achieve that by uh, using this uh, microservice architecture the concept is you don't have to bother much about the infrastructure and other and uh, you don't have to bother about the other dependencies you can just focus on that particular area and uh, that will works fine so this is the one of the compelling reason why uh, many of the developers are going to azure function because uh, they can easily uh, create a microservices act, um, architecture through this function as a service and we can also look into some other areas as well so uh, that can be termed as the use cases where this azure function is being used so on use uh, one area is the stream analytics part where the uh, there is a service called the stream analytics where it processes stream of data and uh, produces its output so you can combine this stream analytics with the azure function so that if in case if you require some heavy processing or a custom processing you can use the azure function and the azure function has an api and the stream analytics can use that particular api and then can use the um, azure function so that way you can you can uh, do the custom processing by uh, calling the azure function from stream analytics so that is on area and in another area is the cleaning up of data for example uh, in this era of iot devices each iot device may be sending data from that particular device to a central hub or a central database or data warehouse so before sending that data if you have any requirement to clean up that particular data you can embed an azure function inside a container in that particular um, iot device and that azure function will do the cleanup and everything so that means the entire processing will be distributed to the iot devices and uh, that those cleanup part will be automatically handled by that azure function so when i said about the azure uh, this cleanup part that is just on area you can also uh, think about other scenarios as well then the next set of uh, use case 
is where you can use the Azure function as a backend for developing the single page uh, web application or mobile application. So this type of applications, whether it's a single page application or mobile application, would require an API to serve the data. So in that case, you can use the Azure function as an uh, as a way for API so that in case if you want to scale the uh, that particular API, you can easily do that or you can easily achieve that by using the Azure function. There are different use cases out there. We will be uh, discussing only a few so that you will get an understanding. You can also uh, think about these different use cases. You can go to the Azure documentation about the function and you can view how different organizations are using the Azure functions in effective way. So you, you will get a good picture about how uh, this Azure function can be used. What I am trying to present here now is some of the use cases so you will get an idea. So another one interesting area is to integrate the different software as a service in uh, cloud. For example, the Gmail is one of a software as a service where you are using their email part from the Gmail. Similarly, Outlook is also another. Similarly, OneDrive is another uh, software as a service for storing files. So if, if you want to integrate this software as a services together, for example, if you want to read some email and you want to do some processing of that email content and then want to store that data in OneDrive, you can easily do that by using the Azure function. And the advantage is that you can enable triggers. So we'll discuss about that in the episode. Uh, the triggers means that when you receive an email, the Azure function will be automatically triggered and do the processing and then save the data to a binding area. So here the binding area is this um, uh, software as a service um, called the OnDrive and you can store that data. So in this way, you can easily achieve different things. So some many of the bindings are provided by default and you can add custom binding also we will discuss about the trigger two important concepts in the azure function is the trigger and binding concept so you may need to be very familiar with this to understand better about the azure function so this trigger and binding is a very important concept so trigger is the one which actually starts the azure function and then the binding is the one where the Azure function stores this area. So it can be in OneDrive, it can be in the Azure storage, it can be in another one of the Azure service like the Cosmos DB or whatever way you can embed. You can also create your own custom binding and trigger as well. So we will discuss all that soon. So we have discussed about the Azure functions and some of the advantage and you are familiar now familiar that Azure function is a type of service called the function as a service category and from an higher level view if you look you find that the pass that is the platform as a service and the function as a service looks similar because both both actually helps in serverless patterns because both hide the infrastructure. So you may not be fully visible about what the uh, underlying infrastructure is all about. So both are kind of the uh, kind of a services that 
help to achieve the serverless or microservices architecture but what are the main difference between these two so we will look into that so that clears the confusion between the two so if you compare with pass the pass services will typically have at least one server process running that receives this external request example the cloud services in azure where uh, that's a kind of pass service and uh, they will have at least one server process so if you want to increase the processing power of this cloud services what you need to do is you have to uh, change the configuration and that will boot up more server process that means the scalability is visible to the user but in the case of function as a service like the azure function it uh, does not require any server process constantly being run as like in the case of the pass so that means that when you give an initial request to the azure function or the function as a service it will take a bit of time to boot up a bit of time in the sense that it may take only a few extra seconds but that time is also important because in the case of large applications like a t- ticket booking or the banking applications these milliseconds may be a big thing so that is one of the challenge with a developing application in function as a service that millisecond delay may cause some unexpected behavior and how the developers are um, are dealing with that particular challenge of azure function is by enabling the caching or uh, there are different other ways also there which is provided by the different um, cloud vendors like always on azure function or something and you can use that to to reduce the delay in starting up an azure function so that delay happens only during the initial request and it may not affect in the uh, in the consecutive calling of that function but the initial request may take a bit longer and that's on area you have to be aware of but still uh, the good thing is that as a developer we are only paying for the function execution time and not the process idle time so that means lower cost at higher scalability can be achieved through this function as a service and that's the reason why it's getting more and more popular so about the azure function uh, we can discuss a bit more detail into the azure function and what is that so as i said earlier the main uh, concept in the azure function is the concept of trigger and binding so trigger is the one that enables the or it starts the azure function and binding is the one where the azure function stores the actual data and this azure function it, if you look into the definition it is defined like this azure function is one of the serverless technologies offered by azure uh, which allows us or the developers to run code in demand to a response of events so that event is can be considered as a trigger and that trigger will initiates that azure function so it can be a simple trigger like the http trigger means that when you call that azure function through a url 
that http trigger will be enabled and you have to pay or you have to give the azure function some of the necessary details or the function parameters as a payload and that function parameters will be used by the azure function for processing the data you can pass an empty parameter also uh, that doesn't matter but if you want to pass some data from an external service to azure function in the form of url you can do that by means of the payload just like when you pass uh, some data to an api so whether you are using a get or a post request you can pass the data to an api through the payload of the parameters so same way you can pass the data to azure functions also and the in response to that particular trigger in the in this in this case we discussed about the http trigger the azure function will get start boots start and it do the processing and then uh, saves the data and where it wants to save that data and that depends upon the binding it may not necessarily be saving data uh, sometimes on azure function may do some kind of processing and it may do other forms of activities like sending email so the azure function can, has a set of binding uh, has a binding called the send grid binding which you can use for sending emails you can check the official documentation to learn more about the binding so the binding defines the output of azure and uh, depending upon the native bindings which are provided by each platform in this case the azure you can use that uh, binding right away for example this azure storage this send grid then this uh, queue this storage all these are provided natively by the azure platform so from the function itself you can very easily call without writing extra set of code you can just um, bind that in the function signature itself and then uh, the function uh, the azure function will do the rest so all these things like the payload the binding then the function name the function name is very important because it defines the function and then the binding all these are defined in the first function signature itself if you go to azure uh, documentation and open a sample function uh, definition you can learn very easy you can um, open a hello world definition of azure function and you can see that there in the on the first section there will be the function name so that function name is the one which is very important and that must be unique to the function uh, that must be unique and then the other details like the binding which defines where the azure want to store or uh, pass the data to and it also that signature also defines the kind of trigger that enables this particular so the kinds of trigger we just discussed are uh, the http trigger then there is other forms of trigger also like the storage trigger where you, when you do some activity in storage it will automatically trigger the functions so that can help you uh, to do some processing for example if you are saving some file to an azure storage and if you want to do some processing for that particular file you can enable a storage trigger so that automatically the that particular um, input will be a particular file will be processed 
so you can write the logic inside that actual function and you can focus more on the logic so here uh, one thing you can view that the actual function will automatically handle all the infrastructure and other requirements so there are different pricing models out there so if you think about one of the pricing model called the consumption pattern model there you pay for microsoft for the actual time you are using the azure function so that means uh, if you are not using a particular function or if you are not saving a file to the storage and if you are not triggering that particular azure function you are actually not paying and that can save you the cost so that is not the case with the traditional model because in the traditional model you have to always uh keep an eye on uh, this thing you have to constantly monitor everything and then uh, you have to uh, run that in advance and you have to periodically poll and monitor if any file comes or not so in this case uh, that is not uh, required because you have to only pay for the actual time your function is being used so i hope that will give a uh, quick overview about the azure function and uh, we go more deep into the azure function soon so let's uh, we discussed uh, we discussed a, a bit about the azure function overview so now let's we look into how we can get quick start with the azure function so for starting developing with azure function you need uh, certain tools so the tools are very similar for example you can either use the visual studio editions whether it be professional or enterprise or community edition the community edition is free and you can download and install or you can use a light version uh, editor from microsoft called the visual studio code and if you install visual studio code there is options to add the azure cli through the extensions and through the azure cli you can create function and deploy the azure functions then if you are interested in working with azure functions in a standalone editor like notepad plus plus or even simply notepad and you don't require any special editors like visual studio code or visual studio professional or community then you can go uh, you can download the azure cli or the azure command line tool basically you can just search that azure cli tool in your favorite browser and the official uh, install location from microsoft will pop up and you can click and install it's like a 50 mb or 60 mb file and once you install that you can go through the windows start then the command prompt where you can open the command prompt and you can just uh, type a z space rest of parameters all the rest of parameters you can learn from the um, azure documentation so there a rich documentation is provided for uh, information on how to use the azure cli tool for your understanding and to get a quick view i will just explain on uh, such uh, example of azure function like the uh, you can type the uh, um yeah. a set space login and that will login to your azure uh, account so similar way you can use the function related azure function related commands there and you can uh, quickly create an azure function and you can 
edit the azure function and you can uh, run the azure function or even deploy the azure function directly to azure deploying part we will look later so this uh, just for your understanding you will get an idea on how it is then um, then the triggers so in the triggers and bindings are very important i already explained about it and there are different triggers out there like the http trigger the event hub trigger then the iot hub trigger queue trigger is there service bus trigger is there Uh, service bus uh, timer trigger is there and different types of triggers are out there and you can use any of the triggers you want so these triggers define how your azure function will start up and there are bindings as well means the output of the azure function uh, where to go you can define that through the binding so you can uh, you can also set multiple bindings as well so i can set binding to the exchange or the output to storage or if you want to write a custom binding you can do that as well the custom trigger can also be written provided if you are confident in programming with c sharp so if you have uh, that knowledge you can go through the azure documentation and you can even view how Uh, you can read how to create a new azure function and you uh, how can extend your azure function through the um, custom triggers then um, about the azure function there are different versions released by microsoft called the version 1.1 and currently the 2.0 version so the difference is that um, all the different triggers which we just discussed all the different triggers and bindings like the event hub uh, the http trigger or the iot hub or queue trigger so all these kinds of different triggers and the bindings the outputs to azure function are all embedded within the runtime itself in the version 1.1 so that means at the time of release of 1.1 whatever triggers and bindings that the azure function supported they were all included with azure function itself so you don't need to do any extra thing to use that particular bindings or triggers you can right away use that particular triggers and bindings but that created some problem for example Uh, when azure function evolved more and more bindings and triggers are added to this azure function so that means that if it everything is included with runtime the runtime will gets higher and also uh, many of the developers don't require all the different triggers they are interested in only in the triggers and bindings they want for example if i want to write an azure function that will trigger the uh, trigger with the http i just need to use the http trigger only and similar case if i want to store the output to an azure storage or an on drive i want that particular trigger only i don't need the extra all things so when they provide these different bindings and triggers with the runtime itself that is with the version on point one that add a bit of complexity and what the um, development team in microsoft decided is they removed that all the different bindings and triggers uh, from the version 1 and they add they 
provide option to add that as nuket packages and release the next version called the 2.1 so the current version if you download the azure function that is the 2.1 the difference is that it will have only the basic bindings and triggers along with the runtime and if you want more triggers and bindings you need to add that as extensions possibly using the nuket packages and those of you who work already with the visual studio project like the c sharp or asp.net or mvc project you know the concept of nuket where if you want a certain functionality and if that functionality is not right there in the c sharp or if you are not willing to write that particular c sharp uh, functionality what you can do is you can look on to the custom ready made nuket packages which are already created by other developers so you can just uh, go to the solution explorer right click manage nuket packages and add a particular interested nuket package as use like so that same concept you can do that in this uh, azure function also if you are if you want a particular trigger or particular binding you can look into the supported um, bindings as of now in the nuket section and you can right away install that so that means the runtime will be very lighter and uh, that provides more option to expand also and even uh, if you want to create your custom binding or trigger as i explained earlier you can also create that and add as nuket packages the important use case for this custom uh, packages uh, custom bindings and triggers uh, triggers that you create and add as a nuket packages in the case of organization if you want to share your a particular trigger or binding with other teams you can create that as a nuket packages so that other teams can use that as well and if you are interested in contributing to the open source community you can add that as a nuket package and all the other developers involved can also use it so similar way uh, the microsoft has already created some of the uh, triggers and bindings and you can use that as or add that as the nuket package to your azure functions and you can uh, right away use it and the azure function is part of the azure that is the um, that is one of the cloud services from microsoft so this azure has a lot of different services out there and this azure function is just one so when the microsoft um added this azure function they have provided different other languages as well to support this function for example there is no mandatory that you should use the c sharp only for creating the azure function azure functions support other languages as well like the uh, javascript python typescript or powershell so if you are confident with any of these languages you can use your particular function as you like this is uh, uh, this is certainly helpful if you are creating a microservice architecture where you have different teams and some of the team members are confident in developing with a c sharp some are confident in creating with a javascript or python or something else so you can um, you can if you want to move a monolithic application to a microservice architecture you can do some research and then can split the application into different smaller smaller services and each team can focus on a particular language using the azure function 
keep in mind that the assure function is only one way to uh, one of the ways for uh, creating a microservice architecture there are other ways also out there so we are just discussing uh, about the assure function so that is why i highlighted that this microservices architecture a bit more because you can relate that uh, with the assure function Uh, but uh, the microservice for the microservice architecture azure function is not mandatory there are other types of uh, services out there like the ap uh, services or the logic apps uh, different other cloud services also there but as the focus of this topic is mostly about the azure function uh, i am relating that with the microservice architecture so when you when you uh, want to evolve a microservice architecture and if you are splitting your monolithic application to different uh, smaller smaller microservices each team can focus on a particular service with their own language they are comfortable with so if the team is comfortable with c sharp they can work on that particular area with the c sharp similarly other developers who are interested in javascript or python they can use that as well so all the different languages that are supported by the azure function is there in the documentation itself the one difference is that the java bit need a bit of additional step you can also go through the documentation for the java language to use you need to add the maven build and other things in the pipeline while you deploy the application and also for the local development you need the maven support more details about that is there in the documentation so please refer that so inside the uh, function the main part is the signature part and you can open a sample function from the official documentation or you can create on through the visual studio or the visual studio cli tool or the azure cli tool so using any of these tool you can create the azure function as you like and if you create a sample azure function you can view that in the signature section there will be decorations in decorate that signature section will be decorated with a static method uh, followed by the function name so that function name is very important and that is the one name which is used by the different bindings to trigger that function in the case of http trigger the associated url for that particular function uh, will have a, the ending with the function name so similar way the function name must be unique and once you create a sample function so in the case of a simple function like the hello world if you build that application build that azure function inside the bin folder you can view that uh, function name folder followed by a name called a file called the function.json so this function.json has all the required uh, signature and everything associated with that particular function you are using if your solution if your visual studio solution has multiple functions there would be a separate folder for each function under the bin folder and inside each function folder there will be the function.json which will hold the different requirements for each function as well so that way we create the function 
so imagine if you are creating a function for the purpose of an api to serve as an api for the backend of your mobile or web application you are creating the different uh, function apis out there but how the um external person or the or your user of the api knows which all parameters do i want to pass as parameter for this api so either you can add a documentation with the different apis and you can provide details like you have to provide this 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 kind of things this kind of things for this api and the user or the client may understood about it but uh, if you want a different option you can try the swagger so the swagger is a kind of uh, functionality you can add with this this actual function so what this uh, gives it the readability so if someone calls your api right away they will be presented with an um, definition of that particular api and from that definition they will understand what all the parameters they need to pass so adding swagger serves a lot of time for you and you once you add that particular swagger to your application the your application will uh, will be easy uh, for the api will be much readable for the end user and if you are created a azure function locally in your system and if you want to expose your uh, azure function which you created locally to a public domain like the internet you can use a um, tool called the ngrok capital n g r o k and you can expose your functions to public so that means uh, that will that that ngrok will provide a url and a port so that the external persons who are interested in knowing about more about your local azure function can use it but in the actual live uh, scenario what you will be doing is you develop an application you test it locally and you then deploy that azure function to the uh, azure uh, portal through the azure portal uh, sorry not through the azure portal you develop a function locally test it and then you deploy that to azure so for the deploying part we will discuss in a moment but uh, once you deploy to azure your end customers can use it because that is in a public domain but if you want to uh, want someone to get a quick glimpse of how your azure function looks like before even it is deployed what you can do is you can add a tool called the ngrok and you can expose that the ngrok can you also use for other function purposes as well for example if you want to um, provide a local api or local uh, methods to publicly expose you can use that as well so right now we have uh, talked about creating an azure function Uh, creating uh, understanding the different the signature about the triggers and the bindings next we can look into how we can debug a azure function so inside the azure function we will write the different logic and we need to debug on how it should work so you can easily debug it uh, the azure function in any of the tool like the uh, visual studio code or the uh, visual studio professional 
and you can very easily debug it like you debug a normal asp.mvc or .net core function or c sharp method just uh, just give a breakpoint uh, start the azure function in debug mode and call that particular trigger and it will run right away but in some cases if you want to debug remotely for example if you deploy your cloud azure function to azure and at a later point of time if you want to debug how that azure function works in the actual live scenario you can attach the uh, your local visual studio to that particular instance through the cloud explorer so if you install the cloud explorer extension there is a method called the remote debugging where you can debug remotely you your, the code will be in your local system but the actual um, execution will be happening in the remote and the breakpoint will hit just like when you debug a local system so that will be helpful but the one thing uh, to note here the is that this remote debugging for azure function is directly depends on the pricing model you choose so there are different pricing models for the azure function like the um, consumption model then the app services model then the premium model so only under the premium model or the uh, app services model this uh, remote debugging is allowed i am not sure about that pre whether it is supported in the premium model but for the app model app price app services model this is sure uh, it is supported but for the consumption plan this remote debugging is not supported so a lot of um, the native triggers and bindings are supported for azure function which are already provided through the nuget packages but in some cases you want to write your own custom triggers as well for example if you want to connect your um, azure function to an api and the api returns a set of the temperature of that particular cities and if you want to create a um, trigger so that when the temperature rises above a particular threshold that function should trigger and send an email so in that case you need to write a custom trigger and also you need to write the custom bindings on about how your azure function output should be for for example if you want your azure function to read an email and send its output to a trig, uh, output to a twitter or a social media account you have to write the custom uh, binding as well first you have to look on whether an existing binding is available if so you can right away use that through the nuket packages if not you have to write a custom uh, binding or trigger depending upon your requirement so that is one of the uh, benefits of this azure function whether you can extend your azure functions as you want you can write custom functions you can tweak the behavior and everything then um so we have discussed about all these th things in them and um you can uh, check the documentation for more details about how you can all these things so all the things which i just 
explained here are defined in the documentation and uh, if you look into that you can get a clear picture of how to do that in its uh, clear way then uh, we right now we discussed about the azure function and everything how to create an application we also learned about how we can extend the azure functions through creating custom uh, binding and custom trigger but all these are happening in our local system we want to deploy this azure function to the the, the cloud that is in the azure so how we can do that is we can use the uh, either of the tools like the visual studio or the azure cli tool or the best way to do that is through the azure uh, pipelines means uh, there is a service from microsoft called the azure devops and inside azure devops there is a uh, uh, there is a component called the azure pipelines where you can add the build and deployment steps so when you change or when you create a new azure function that function should build first so once it is built then the that particular build produce an artifact or an output and that particular artifact should be deployed to the server so the deployment part has two steps that is first it is building the build happens only once and then it is deployed to the actual server so if you look into the azure pipelines you can create a new pipeline from the azure pipelines whether they provide where they provide the ready made templates for creating the azure function for example if you create a azure function and you add that as a in a git repo in the azure um, devops repo itself then if you take the azure pipelines there will be option for you to connect to that particular repo the azure pipelines uh, has option to provide the source where your actual code resides here in this case your actual the fun your function resides so you can choose that there are different uh, sources which are supported by the azure pipelines like the github or uh, the azure repo that is within the azure devops itself or uh, different uh, different kinds of sources are provided so you can choose a source as you like then once you Uh, choose a source you can click on next and the azure pipelines will automatically identify that it is the azure function and provide the respective template for this so it will add the necessary steps for uh, build pipelines and if it is not uh, automatically identify the required build steps you can add that also manually you can add by clicking on the add button and then choose the required Uh, tools for building your uh, particular function and once it is built the artifact will be output to a particular directory and that particular artifact will be the source for the deployment to the actual server or the azure uh, function server server in this case the actual azure so all those things you can um, uh, check upon and the documentation provides a great detail of step uh, main thing you have to note while creating a build and deploy pipeline is uh, you need to uh, create uh, the deployment variable so that you can create 
own particular deployment step for own environment like the dev environment and you can copy that particular deployment steps to other environment as well so the steps remain the same you don't have to create that multiple time so build happens on then the deployment steps you can create it on for the dev environment provided if you are uh, efficiently using the deployment variables in the azure pipelines so if you set the deployment variables uh, for example you can set the stage name as the dev and uh, that deployment variable you will provide the uh, that particular environment name for in this case it is dev and for other environment it will be qa or live and you once you give that particular um uh, stage uh, that particular environment then the azure pipelines will automatically identify which environment it wants that and it will automatically create you have to uh, create once uh, this uh, build and deployment step for the build is uh, build step is actually on time then the deployment step you should create once for the dev and you, you can use that and copy for other environments like the qa or the live or the production or whatever you like and there is a concept called the staged deployment as well for example if you are changing a particular function you can test that in the staging environment and once you are confident with the azure function you changed and everything is working fine you can deploy that to the actual environment as well so if everything is set fine then the how the flow will be like you initially you will be creating an azure function create a build step then the deployment pipelines to different environments and you are go and you you also ideally set a continuous integration and deployment there so next time when you change your azure function for example if you are modifying a logic a version new version will be automatically built and then that particular version will be deployed to different environment as you like so you can configure how the deployment should happen for example you can configure the deployment to happen automatically for dev environments because uh, your developers want to uh, work with the azure function and right away they want to see that how it looks like in the dev environment but uh, in the case of qa or the other environments you can add gates so that uh, you can define when you want those deployment should happen whether you want it to happen as a manual deployment or it, whether it should happen as an automatic deployment at a particular time so all those things you can set and based on that your particular uh, code will uh, build and deploy you can also set which the branching strategies as well for example if you want to deploy only from a particular branch you can set that as well so these are some of the important things you uh, learned through this podcast you understand about the azure function the um, concept of uh, azure function and why we are using that and how we can create an azure function and the different signature of azure function like the trigger and uh, trigger and the binding and how we can create the custom uh, trigger and custom binding and how we can extend the azure function then not only that we can also we also looked into how we can deploy the azure function we created 
using either you can once you can once you create an actual function you can directly deploy that from the visual studio itself or the other way is to configure the build and deployment pipelines through the azure devops from a repository so that the each change you made your build and uh, deployment pipelines will be triggered accordingly so that now your code is right there in the production environment and it's going fine we missed one more important step that is called the unit testing so while we developing an application in this case the azure function we need to make sure that everything is working as fine as expected so if it is a small function which just reads an email and outputs something to on drive or something that is straightforward and there is not much uh, thing happening there but uh, in the case of actual business scenarios the logic may be a bit complex and you may you want to make sure that you have unit tested that so you can use a framework called x unit and you can unit test the uh, particular azure function so that uh, you can expect that the azure function can work as you expected once you build so next time when you make any changes you can just run that unit testing and you can also include that as a part of build step so this build step you can include this unit testing as well so that it will be automatically run every time it built and it ensures that everything is working as expected so if you make any changes in the azure function and if that change cause a break in the functionality that unit test fails and you will be right away notified so that you can take remedial actions from there it also give you confidence that your application is working as expected whenever you make a change without manually going through each testing each and every time so that's on uh, that are some of the advantages of unit testing there are different unit testing frameworks out there so x unit is on a good um, framework which you can embed it is the documentation provides details on how you can embed it and it's very easy once you embed that you can include that in the build step as well so now your um, azure function is there in the live and you want to monitor that azure function and how it is going you can use a custom monitoring like you can add a log a logging framework like uh, the um, uh, like the uh, i forgot its name it's called the uh, something uh, sorry i forgot the name but uh, you can use some logging framework like uh, the no mm. oh, <laughs> i don't actually exactly remember that particular name um, okay if i remember i will explain you um, or you can use a custom uh, logging framework you like or what you can do is you can use an ready made um, logging which is provided by the azure service called the application insights if you deploy your azure function to azure you can and if you go to the configuration section you can view that uh, there is automatically a variable provided by the azure function called the application insights key so the application insight is a way by which you can monitor your application and azure or does all the required application uh, logging things behind the scenes and you have to just 
sign in for the application insights i think it's a paid on uh, you can check the pricing model there and if it suits you you can easily uh, use that particular application insights and it will provide a key and you have to give that key to this azure function and you will automatically the azure everything uh, every time uh, you make a change or you run the azure function all the deployment and all the things are monitored and that will be available from the uh, application insights so in the application insight section you can view all the different loggings that are happening from that particular azure function you can filter the queries as well so the query is not a kind of a sql query it's a language called the Custo query k u s t o you can learn more about that in the azure documentation so this it's it's very easy to learn it's a kind of query which you can use to filter out for example if you want to see how your azure function works between a particular time you can uh, do that as well using the custo query so this application insight is one way to track and monitor your application and the other way is by using a custom logging framework called the um, uh, log4net yeah i just uh, forgot the name that's the name is called the log4net so i have worked with the log4net as well so that can also be used for uh, logging purpose but the um, easiest way is to use the application insights because that can um, that can be helpful uh, and it also Uh, tracks much more detail than what you would do with a normal function like the um, log for net or some other forms of logging frameworks in the case when you use a logging framework you would need to add a lot of code but uh, when you add this azure application insights it will be very helpful for the tops or other monitoring departments to look upon how the azure function is working in the actual environment and then that can serve you uh or that can ensure you that the fun- uh, azure function is working as expected then uh, the azure function we just discussed is uh, about the windows uh, azure functions and you can also uh, deploy the azure functions to other type of platforms like the linux so there you can embed that uh, this particular uh, azure functions inside a container and you can deploy that to any of the platforms different other platforms like linux or uh, even the iot devices as you like so earlier in the episode we just discussed about a one use case scenario where we can use the azure function inside an iot device inside a container to clean up the data before act- before the actual data is sent to the server or the data warehouse so similar way you can uh, add the azure functions as a container inside a container and can run it anywhere uh, it will act like a kind of a module so we have uh, covered a bit about the azure function so this uh, this much information and a bit of practical experience can help you to straight away code in azure function so in my case i have worked with different scenarios and many of the scenarios are already handled with these things uh, which we just explained you can just create a function you can just um, define a trigger on how you want the function 
to trigger and you can define a binding on where the output of that particular function should be saved or how the output should trigger the um, next set of steps etc so that uh, will be uh, enough for a normal function but when in the case of enterprise like uh, organizations there may be a bit complex logic involved and you may need to use a set of complex different other scenarios for example uh, there are different scenarios like the chain scenario where one function is calling another function and another function is calling a different function so in that kind of chain scenarios there exist so uh, there uh, you this uh, normal functions may not be suitable and if you want to look into more scenarios where this functions is not suitable is kind of a parallel processing areas where if you want um, multiple functions to work in parallel and want to finish all the functions to aggregate the results so in that case also this normal function is not uh, suitable for that another uh, is uh, the case where your usher function is calling an api and that api is a kind of an asynchronous nature you don't know when the when you would get the return of that particular api in that case uh, this normal function is not suitable normal usher function is not suitable because uh, you don't sure when the result will be back and usher function is not suitable for a long running application so in those all um, different kinds of scenarios you would need to use a different kinds of function called the durable functions and uh, the durable function uh, are there are different types of durable functions so basically you define a function as this type of fun durable function through their signature so there are three durable function types called the client functions then the orchestrator functions and the activity functions so right now till this uh, till now we discussed in this episode about the activity functions where it just triggers on a particular trigger like the http trigger do some processing and produce the output so that's kind of activity functions but in the case of complex scenarios like the parallel processing of multiple uh, functions or in the case of chaining uh, chaining type of functions you would need um, a bit uh, different type of function called the durable function and you can alter the uh, function from activity function to a client function or orchestrator function so the client function is the one which actually triggers the initial request and the orchestrator function is responsible for actually orchestrating the different uh, other functions for example in the case of parallel functions which runs in parallel one orchestrator function will monitor all the different other uh, activity functions which work in parallel and then there is the activity functions which is the final activity function so this activity functions will uh, how uh, they will work is this uh, client function uh, initiate the request and pass it to an orchestrator function orchestrator function is responsible for orchestrating the different type of scenarios like the chain scenarios or parallel scenarios where it monitors different end 
activity functions and the end activity function return the outputs to the this orchestrator function and it do the necessary aggregation and everything so a lot of these things are covered in the documentation you can i, I will also provide in show notes a uh, some links so that you can refer to learn more about this durable function so if you are working on the advanced functions scenarios where you need the chain processing or parallel processing is required this durable functions might help the durable function how it works is it manages the state through the uh, three important things that is only is the event sourcing so each uh, each step in the durable function is an event and it uh, use the event sourcing to capture that and then there is a checkpoint and then there is a replay for example um, on orchestrator function um, has multiple activities and it notes these different activities through event sourcing and then they will check the return from that whether that particular event sourcing uh, the, it matches with that checkpoint and then it uh, continues so uh, that way it ensures that the final output is um, happening so one issue with using the um, this kind of durable function is the issue of code or versioning so if you are changing on code uh, um, on a particular function then it affects the durable function so you have to make uh, there are different tips in the azure uh, function documentation on how to mitigate those things so you have to be aware if you are using the durable function that if the versioning or the change of code can actually make an impact so just need to aware of so we have discussed enough about the azure functions and um, the one thing which i first discussed in the earlier in the episode is the type of pricing models there are different kinds of pricing models out there like the consumption pricing model or the uh, app based app services plan and there is a new one added by Azure called the premium model where the both the consumption plan and app services plan not matches. So how you are using, how, uh, how you choose which plan is best for yours. So the based on your requirement, you can chase a plan. So this consumption plan is based on time means you are actually pay for actually you, you when you use the Azure function. So if your Azure function happens only once a day, you can calculate the price and you can opt for the consumption model. The other advantage that consumption model provides is it scale out automatically. So actually you are paying based on the time, but it will scale automatically based on the requirements. And the disadvantage is that while we discussed earlier the visual studio cloud debugging or the remote debugging and the vnet connectivity are not available in this consumption plan so if you if your team wants to remotely debug a particular azure function you have to go to other plan like the app services plan then in the app service plan you are not paying for the time your azure function is running but you are actually paying for a vm 
because we are we are you are already paying for a virtual machine like the app app services websites or other thing you can use a part of that vm for the, your azure functions so you are there paying for vm and it is an always on model and you can custom scale up and down for example if you want your uh, azure function to automatically scale up or if you want your vm to scale up automatically to a certain processing at the peak time maybe in the morning hours or in the evening hours you can easily do that using the app services plan and you can share the same plan for web app so if you already taken a website uh, from azure and if you are already taken an app services plan if it has a spare space left you can use that for the azure functions and the support for live debugging and remote connectivity is there in the um, uh, this app services plan and it is an always on setting so there is no uh, initial boot up record in this case because um, when we discussed about earlier one of the challenge with this azure function and a traditional pass model is that the azure function may take a few more seconds for it to boot up because uh, it's not an always on service but if you are using this app services plan actually we are using a vm behind the scene so automatically the um, the it's an always on setting then uh, the premium plan we can also uh, look upon there is um, in the premium plan there is support for the uh, visual studio live debugging and the vnet connectivity and your um, execution um for a azure function can be unlimited and it can also for the faster scale up and scale down than the app services plan and one interesting thing that the premium plan provides with its additional cost is it it has no cold start time so earlier we discussed that uh, in if you are using a consumption model and if you are not using the azure function for a particular point of time what happens is uh, the azure function goes to a ideal state and the next time a trigger will happen when a trigger happens it may take some time for the azure functions to boot up maybe some milliseconds but it certainly affects if it's a real time application like the ticket booking or other applications other very real time processing required application so in that case the premium plan is uh, helpful because there is no cold start time there so when you develop the applications in azure functions you have to be aware about certain um, things like the uh, these are cons- can be considered as, as a tip so till now in the episode we have learned about what the function as a service is and how you can create an azure function what are the different types of signatures and different types of triggers and bindings available we also discussed about some of the use cases as well and how we can deploy the azure function how we can remotely debug how we can uh, debug an azure function and what are the different types of complex scenarios like the chain scenarios and the uh, parallel scenarios and there are a lot of different complex scenarios and how we can use the durable functions like the client orchestrator and activity functions 
all those uh, different functions you are defined in the signature and how you can use those durable functions uh, to handle the complex scenarios and everything and we also discussed about some of the pricing models like the app services plan consumption model plan and the premium plan and what are the some of the benefits of each of these plan so uh, we have covered enough to get started with the azure function so next you can go through the documentation and you can learn more about the azure function but practically by practically doing an azure function and deploy it to the um azure so you can create if you are not having already an azure account you can create a free account uh you can register uh, something like uh, the visual studio development plan or something um and that provides a free credit for azure for an year and once you uh, created that account you can right away login then from your visual studio or visual studio code or the cli tool you can create an azure function so for creating that from the visual studio and visual studio code it is very straightforward from the visual studio you can create an azure function from the project template and it will automatically create a sample azure function and um, basically it will be an hello world but if you open that hello world you can see that there will be a, um, a signature section which defines the binding and trigger and the normal template created azure function will be an http trigger because if you run that particular azure function uh, it automatically opens a uh, command prompt with a url showing that if you hit that url from a browser that particular function will be triggered and you can explore uh, that and then you can add more logic and you can add a binding also for example if you want ever uh, something uh, to write to an azure queue or storage you can add a storage binding and then you can uh, test it locally you for local testing you can use a storage emulator which you can also download from the azure website or you can just search in the google or the uh, bing about the storage emulator and you can install that right away and uh, there are other forms of binding also i just explained about the azure storage there are, there are bindings like the cosmos db uh and other bindings as well so you can try that out as well so if you want to just display an output from the azure function so just can you can provide a um, the a log will be automatically there in the log uh, log function log class will be also already a log interface will be already available in the azure function so you can use that right away and you can uh, use like in from an inside an azure function you can use like log dot info or something and you can just add a string and it will display right away but if you if you want to um, write to some other bindings like the azure storage or azure cosmos you can try that out as well and just we dis uh, defined earlier if you want to make uh, the azure functions for complex scenarios and if you want to write a custom trigger or the custom binding you can do that as well and i will provide the show notes in this uh, podcast and you can refer that to understand more about those things so those are very straightforward you can very easily create it from the documentation so that that all things are provided in the documentation itself then i will provide some of the best practices while developing the azure function 
So, if you are using an Azure function to call an API, basically you will be using a static HTTP class and you have to make sure that you need to reuse the connection while accessing to external resources and make sure that uh, you will get a result from the that particular API as soon as possible because the Azure functions are not suitable for long running tasks. For the long running task, you need to go for either the premium or other plan. Azure functions are just suitable for uh, running short processing like just inserting something or do something and it finishes it should finish within a certain amount of time so if you are uh, doing something long processing task inside a uh, azure function that may not be a good choice you have to go for the pass based uh, cloud services or something like that azure functions are best suitable for uh, shorter running process then um, while writing the azure function make sure that you are not deploying any unwanted code in production because if you are if in local uh, system you are calling different APIs which are not required in production but if you accidentally or unknowingly deploy that in production that means that those APIs will be called and it goes an unnecessary extra time processing that will increase the cost then for the uh, complex scenarios you should use the durable functions or the other service called the logic app to handle long running process and uh, instead of the traditional functions and make sure that the functions should be stateless and idempotent because you your um, function should be fault tolerant and it should not save a state by its own for example if uh, sometimes when uh, the function starts and when it calls an api uh, maybe that api won't return and your um, function should safely stop and the next time when when you run the function it should uh, ideally work from uh, uh, ideally work in a uh, in the correct way as you expected uh, it should not leave any half states or uh, something or it should not if you are if you are making some alterations uh, through the function to a database then make sure that if something error happens then those changes will be reverted back so that your uh, function can be triggered the next time so it should be fault tolerant as well so these are some of the things you should take care of while developing an application uh, using the Azure function and this Azure function is one of the best ways for creating a microservices or uh, the stateless architecture and um, think about your requirement and then use the Azure function as you like so that ends the podcast I hope uh, this podcast will be beneficial to you kindly subscribe the podcast and it will be available in all of the leading platforms the all the opinions and expressions that i expressed here are purely personal and do not represent any of the employees view in any way so i will add show notes also so that you can look into that and you can get a better picture about this and there are a couple of good books out there uh, published by the packet pub and other uh, important um, uh, this um, 
book provider so you can look into that and you can learn more about the azure functions from there so thank you once again for listening have a nice day and apologies if i make any mistake uh, through the podcast or uh, if i fail to convey anything but uh, i will try to rectify that in the upcoming episode so thank you thank you all have a nice day